I really don't want to use another pick, but I kind of lost the tip on that. <laughs> So I don't know, but we're we're in place. We are we are on time. We could just start and then, then <laughs> we could start and then they could do the welcome. about started without you. Am I on yet? There we go. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Oh, come on. Good morning. morning. All right. Yeah, just make sure you're live out there. So good to see everybody. Hello, everybody online. And uh, it's a great day. So let's pray. These guys... These guys are ready. They were kind of like, come on, get up here and get this thing started. And so we have a great Sunday planned, a lot of good stuff. We want to experience God, reflect Christ today. So let's go to him and ask him into our worship service. Father in heaven, thank you for being a God of love, of forgiveness, of grace through your son, Jesus. We just want to uh, praise you, worship you, lift you up, realign our lives with you, let you fill us. We just want to become the people of God for you today so that you may be pleased and that the world may know that uh, you love them and want them to be his children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Rise to your feet and let's bless the Lord today. Sing you. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower Is a shelter like no other, your name. Let the nation sing it louder, because nothing has the power to say but your name. Jesus in your name we pray come and fill
fill our hearts today. Lord, give us strength to live for you and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nation sing it louder. Cause nothing has the power to say. But your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nation sing it louder. Cause nothing has the power to say. The book of Psalms says over and over in it, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. This song may be new to you that we're going to do, but it's got thank you, Lord, in it about 50, 60 times, so I think you'll get it down. It's a song of thanks. Let's sing it together. I come before you today and there's just one thing that I want to say thank you
with a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to With a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to For Thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. For Thou, O Lord, art high above all Exalted far above all gods, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I
exalted far above all gods. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far Good job. Praise God. That was a great worship set. So Amen. You guys sound good, too. So I'm really thankful for God. You today. sounded good, too, Doug. I'm proud of you. Well, so do you, Mike. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Anyhow, we got a lot to be thankful for. There's just We got a lot of stuff going on. We're coming to September. September's where we just kick stuff off. Everything starts happening. And we got a lot of stuff going on. And the reason we got a lot of stuff going on is because a lot of you are taking leadership, you're serving, you're ministering. And so the first thing I want to point out to you today is in your handouts here, you open up in the middle. We're going to re-push these two things. We offer everybody associated with this church a free subscription to something called Right Now Media. And if you're not on this, you just scan that barcode thing there, make your own account, and you got free access to thousands upon thousands of Christian videos, instructional sermons, Bible study, you name it. And we use a lot of these for our Bible studies. And so that's our, we pay for that. So, but you do need to go on, make your own personal account, and you're going to be amazed. And so we're going to be reminding you of that this coming month because uh, it's just a cool thing. The other thing we want to invite you to be, uh, join is we have a texting family. We have a texting service which allows us to send out texts to everybody who's signed up. And, and like, like, for instance, say we have to cancel church because of bad weather, which happens, or say we need to remind you of something that hasn't, we didn't do a good job promoting, or which is quite often. And, uh, and so there's all sorts of stuff, but uh, we don't force this on you. And so what you do is you, you text in that number and you just say hello. And, and we're pretty good. We don't hound you. We don't send stuff out every week. We're pretty conscientious, but there are times we want you to know. And this is also a number that you can send in prayer requests. And so if you have a prayer request, you, te you text it in that number. We get it, and we get it out to everybody. So we invite you to do that. And so the other thing we're going to be doing this coming month is we're going to be challenging everybody. We call it a membership roundup, but we want to get everybody's contact information updated. If you, are, have you, if you haven't officially become a part of our team, a member, hey, this is the time to do it. This is also a time to get baptized if you've been putting that off. So 
Okay, so we got that. On the front, you've got all these things that are going on. I'm not going to go through them all, but look at all the stuff we've got starting in September. It's really cool. Now, we are not having a potluck. I know, everybody says, no, we'll have one in October, don't worry. But instead, we are having a neighborhood night out. And to explain that, our own precious, amazing Kurt Eilert is going to be sharing with us what the night out is. Or at least his twin brother, who's not quite so good, is up here right now. Anyway, yes, uh, scripture speaks to us about stepping out in faith. And so we're going to step out in faith. We are hosting a neighborhood night out uh, gathering, and it's going to be September 9th. That's a Saturday evening from 6 to 7.30. Uh, we're going to be serving some food, uh, leftover things from VBS, plus some other things, grilling some hot dogs, a couple salads, uh, some chips probably, and all this. We're going to hand out uh, leftover T-shirts and other things from VBS and some toys and all. Uh, we're going to be printing up close to 800 um, door hangers, and we're going to be going around a little bit before and, and putting them out for that. Uh, the jazz trio ambiance will be providing music uh, that night for people. Uh, if you're new here, believe it or not, j uh, they started in this church uh, 22 years ago. So, and we're still, we've got up to three songs now, we know. Anyway, so... <laughs> We just know how to play them differently. You think we're playing a whole bunch of stuff, but no. Anyway, so we hope you can enjoy that. Bring a lawn chair, but we would really like also, if you want to participate, you can bring a dessert. We're going to look, be looking for people to mingle as people come around and all this, uh, just to talk to them a little bit and welcome them. That's all it's about, is to get to know our neighbors, let them know we are here for them as well and uh, just have a good evening, a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, talk to me or my wife, Jane, after the service, uh, and we'll get you set up for that, to get here early and set up or take down, whatever. But uh, anyway, we're looking forward to it. God says to step out in faith. We may get one family, and I say praise the Lord. We may get 100 families, and I'll, wow, I don't know if I could say praise the Lord loud enough for that one, but that would be awesome. We're going to leave it up to God. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Kurt. Now, you guys have a responsibility here because it doesn't look good when we have a neighborhood outreach and none of you guys show up. And so, be there. Just It's a service to God. Whether you like to be there or not, just come. You'll enjoy yourself once you get here. You know, but you don't get to the end of that. And I don't want to go to that thing. I have too much going on. You get tired. Excuses pile up. Make a commitment now in your heart to go and just show up. Okay. And I'm going to be talking about showing up in the next sermon series. Yeah. So anyhow, there is that. And bring the desserts and chocolate is always you know, accepted. So I think that's it, Mike. Well, there'll be no chocolate cake because I'm going to encourage them. Do not bring chocolate for you. What? Him. Okay. Don't I'll do pray that. for you, brother. It's okay. <laughs> so we really do live in a time when... There's an all-out onslaught of the enemy. The principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high place, places. There's an all-out onslaught. And nowhere is that more evident than in our kids, than the attack against our kids, our children, and especially the school-age ones. So we're going to just take a minute this morning because this week school starts pretty much everywhere. And we want to pray for all of our, our kids our, our, that are going back to school. 
And they would like it better probably if I did not have them stand, so I won't have them stand. But if you're sitting there, school-aged children, if you're not even, you can go pray for them. But all of our school-aged children, the ones that are here, ones that are not, we want to pray over them because our God is mighty. He is, he is above all, in all, through all. He is mighty. He's more mighty than any demon, than any principality power. God rules. He's in rulership, and we believe that. So we're going to pray that. We're going to pray that over our kids right now. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for our kids, the ones you've given us. Thank you for the ministry of Jim and Kim and, and Tammy, Lord, to the, our kids this summer. It's been so incredible. And so now, Lord, we lift up our kids to you. We, we ask you, Lord, to protect them, to keep them, to guard their hearts, to guard their minds. Not only these kids, but others that aren't in, in this fellowship. But God, please do a mighty work in our schools. And in spite of the fact that the enemy's doing all he can to keep you out of the school, Lord, we pray you go into the school and you move by your power. I pray for revival at our high schools, at our middle schools, at our grade schools, something that man can't stop. And so we thank you, Lord God. We pray over our kids and we ask you to touch them, protect them, keep them and guide them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here comes a teacher. She lives it. Yeah, those of us who work in schools, which, again, I won't ask people to stand up, but there's a lot of us, um, be praying for us too because we're there because God has called us there. So, And it's a wonderful place to be. Um, great mission field. Okay, so, guys, today we're going to, as we go into our time of offering, I want to talk about uh, a story in the Bible that's an unusual one in the fact that um, the Old Testament is rather interesting because... God often points out the flaws of the leaders, which is not typical of most historical documents. Most of the time, they only show the good things the king did. But the Bible shows us that we're all human and how wonderful it is that even David, who was a man after God's heart, who was like the, the standard that everybody else was to live up to, still made some major, major um, errors of judgment. And one of them is talked about in First uh, Chronicles um, 21, where at the end of his life, he decides to number, to count up how many fighting men he has. And at first, I didn't understand why that was a problem, but it's basically, he was trying to figure out, do I have enough men to conquer and do these things, rather than saying, God, do you want me to go conquer and do these things? So putting his faith in people and numbers rather than in God. And God wasn't pleased with that and basically said, you have three choices. Because of this, you can either um, have, I'll read this one. This is in verse 11. So uh, do you want three years of famine, three months of being swept before your enemies with their swords overtaking you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, days of plagues in the land with the angel of the Lord ravaging every part of it? So do you want to be famine? Do you want army battle? Or do you want my plague. And God said, I have to trust in God. I have to trust in God. So he took the three days. Well, in less than three days, it was causing such an issue. And then David saw the angel and saw the plague coming towards him. And God stopped the plague. And basically he said, I, I need to take blame for all of this. Don't take it out on my people anymore. They are my sheep. They have followed me. It's my fault. Put all the blame on me. 
which is pretty gutsy, you know, if you think about it. And he basically said, I want you to, God said, I want you to build an altar right here. So David went to go do that as a, as a, as a, to say, I'm sorry. And the man who owned the land, um, get his name, Erenua, said, here, I'll give you. I'll give you whatever you need so you can do the sacrifice. And I love this part. But King David replied to Anurat, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will, make, I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. I won't do, you can't pay the debt. It's my job to pay the debt. It's my job to take responsibility. Don't let me off the hook. Don't even give me a discount. I want to pay the full price because it's my fault. And what, I, what hit me about this as I was reviewing the story is when we look at that story for our own lives, one, are we putting our trust in God or are we putting our trust in our money, our things, our, what we have? And our trust needs to be in God because who gave us all these things but God? The second part is how often do we take responsibility for ourselves and realize that what we do affects other people, but we have a savior who took all that on himself, that we are forgiven through Christ. And we, how often do we remember that? How often are we thankful for that? And then the third part is, when we give, do we pay the full price? Do we pay, do we try to get off with as little as possible? Or do we pay till it hurts? Do we pay so it's a sacrifice on our account? From my own experience, those times when I have given sacrificially, God has said thank you in a big way, big way. So I just encourage you this morning as you think about it, what is God asking you to give? What is God asking you to do to say thank you and that for what all we owe him, how are we handing some of it back to him? Whether it's our time, our treasures, our talents. How is it? And when I say talents, I mean money, you know. Anyway. So okay, guys. Can we pray, please? Dear Jesus, we thank you for the example of David. We thank you that he was not perfect, and yet you loved him dearly. And that reminds us that we are not perfect, and yet you love us more than we can ever imagine. Thank you that when we mess up and don't do things the way we should, that you have already forgiven those things, and that we, through our tithes and offerings and our ministries and our missions and our, the way you've called us, that we can say thank you in our small way back. And Lord, help us to remember that when we give, we give it joyfully and until it hurts because we know that you gave joyfully until it hurt as well. Lord, we thank you so, so much for your love and sacrifice. Thank you for all you bring to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
The psalmist writes, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I read that this morning, and I thought to myself, when was the last time I cried out of the depths to the Lord? And I'm asking you the same thing. When was the last time you cried out of the depths? I know we come to, you know, we come to communion every Sunday, and it can become a ritual. We can go through the motions. And, you know, God gave us the Lord's Supper so that we would not fall into forgetting. He gave us a very graphic you know, experiential kind of thing to remember the sacrifice. I almost wanted to come up here and said, you know, just say what Jane said, because she captured communion in the offering message. And so thank you for that, Jane. But there's a great sacrifice, but we get kind of complacent about it. We forget it. And so my challenge to you today is when you approach communion, can you cry to him out of your depths? Now, if you can't, I mean, I can't snap myself into that emotional state or whatever it is. Let me challenge you to do something else for this communion time. Go to him, take the communion, and make it a time where you say, Lord, I'm going to make an appointment with you later today. Or I'm going to make an appointment, you know, tomorrow or the next day. Don't put it off. But make an appointment with God today during communion and when you're going to go to him and cry to him, out of your depths. Because if you aren't doing that, when I don't do that, it's because I'm not aware. I'm not paying attention to the craziness that's going on in the world or the craziness in my own life. I'm not aware. And so just take some time and become aware of how much we desperately need his forgiveness. Because it says right there, but with you there's forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing opportunity to remember and refresh our not just our minds but our hearts for our need for this restoration of relationship with you and if we can't do that now lord may we commit ourselves to taking some time getting away one-on-one with you and connecting with you later and father we can do it both times and we can do it all during the week there's 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 no uh, limit So help us draw close to you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Well, all of those amazing kids get to go to their classes now. Uh, one, uh, the first through fifth can go with Teacher Jane. The younger ones than that can go right over here with Teacher Becky. And then, Jim Bolino, you can take those, uh, you got them. The rest go with Jim. So, have fun. This morning I uh, get to teach, share, communicate about something I don't know anything about. No, I'm serious. It's like there's some things I, I'm, are easier for me to teach than what I'm going to teach today. And so I'm just going to do my best. Fortunately, in a little bit, my lovely wife is going to come up and sit next to me and we are going to finish it off with something God's done in her life, hopefully to bring home what we're talking about today. We are in the creation series. Last week, Pastor Doug shared about the six days of creation. If you have not heard that teaching, you need to hear it. It's on our website. It was, it blew my socks off. It was so encouraging. It was so faith building. So if you haven't heard it, please listen to it. I encourage you to. Can't make you, but you would be blessed if you did that. So, following the six days of creation, and like I said, make sure you listen to Pastor Doug's teaching on that. It's so good. Genesis chapter 2 starts with these three verses. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. I do have some questions in a minute about that. There's all kinds of questions that spring into my mind when I read those words. So, and I'm not even sure I can answer them adequately, even for me or for you. I'm going to do my best. So, the seven days, the six days of creation uh, were incredible. I mean, he separated light from darkness. He, I mean, he created everything that is created. He did it. And on the seventh day, it says God rested. Now, here, here's the questions I had. Here's the biggest question out of this whole thing. Why did God rest? Why did he rest? I'm telling you, he's God. He is God. He knows everything. He has everything. Everything is in his hands. Does he really need to rest? I mean, this is God. I'm talking about God. Why did God rest on the seventh day? Now, you might think I'm going to answer that for you, but I probably won't. I'll do my best. There's a couple of ideas I have. But I'm saying, God, why did you rest? What, why is that even there? So that's one question. Another question I have 
is this. What is rest? What is rest? You ever think about that? Somebody says, go rest. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean go take a nap? Does that mean just go veg somewhere for a while? Does that mean, I don't know, it can mean any dozens of things. And here's what I think. This, uh, this is my opinion, okay? You don't have, this is not scripture necessarily. I'm telling you my idea, my opinion. I think rest can look different for all of us. See, I know that I rest differently than my wife does. And I rest differently than even Doug. I think rest looks different for all of us when we think of that word. There is one commonality that we'll talk about towards the end. Thirdly, how do we rest? Or how do we enter that rest? How do we do that? What does that look like? What do I, what's the process for me to rest? So here's the definition of the word Sabbath, rest. And that is to cease doing what you're doing. Cease from work. It means an arrest, an interruption, a cessation of doing things. It means to sit back, be still, cease. This is what I'll tell you, and in a minute we're going to go over to chapter 4 of Hebrews. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't cease doing things very well. And even when I sit down, in every morning when I get up, the very first thing I do, well, I put my coffee on and wash my face, et cetera, and then I go sit in my chair, in my prayer chair, and I pray. And I read the word. That's what I do first thing every morning. And I was telling the, the guys out in the ark today as we met, when I'm with other people or I'm with, it, things aren't normal. I got somebody staying at our house. We're with the grandkids up camping or something. It's really hard because they're there. They're right there. And I'm going, and I'm almost get frantic. And I have to scream and run away. Because I really need that time with God. It's like I can't, I can't function without it. And so I find a way to finally do that. And, uh, and so that's just a real vital and important part of my day is to start my day in prayer and reading the Word. So this whole idea of rest really comes out in Hebrews chapter 4. says, therefore, let us fear lest while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For we also have had good news preached to us, just as they also. Hebrews is written to the Jewish mind. It's written to the Jew to explain why Jesus is the Messiah. And you read, I just read chapter one. We're reading through the New Testament. Today was chapter one 
of Hebrews, and it's, it just says who Jesus is. He is the glory of God. He, it, it just describes it so well. So he, the writer of Hebrews, step by step, explains to the Jew about all of these things they think they know about. So one of the things they thought they were really good at was resting because they had the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day. Sounds really cool. Sabbath. Everything. Listen to that word. Sabbath. Sabbath. If you say it real fast, you get tongue-tied. But they had the Sabbath day. Here's the thing. They had so many laws and so many rules about the day of rest that they worked harder at keeping the Sabbath than if they just didn't worry about it. The Sabbath day became an act of work for all of the Jewish people. And in fact, many of them took great pride in, hey, look what I did. I, I kept the Sabbath. And I know some, some people say the Sabbath today, they say the Sabbath is on Sunday if you want to be legalistic, because Sabbath was on Saturday. So, but we're going to find out in a minute the Sabbath has no, nothing to do with the day of the week. Sabbath has everything to do with our heart with God. We'll talk about that in just a second. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. There's something, now watch, he's setting it up. There's something about that's related from, about faith and rest. Do you hear that? Faith and rest. Sabbath means to rest. Something related about faith in that. For we who have believed enter that rest just as he has said. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, those who didn't believe. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. <laughs> wow. For he has thus said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works. And again in, in this passage, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. How were they disobedience? They didn't believe. That's it. See, faith in God, entrance into the kingdom of God, becoming a, a, a member of God's family, entering into rest has everything to do with faith in Christ Jesus and very little to do about what you do or what you don't do. Did you hear that? See, he's talking about faith in Christ. When we enter it into the, a relationship with Jesus Christ, we enter into his rest. We'll talk a little bit more about that. He again fixes a certain day. I don't know if you have the same word right there. He again fixes a certain day today, saying through David after so long a time, just as had been said before. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So when's a day of rest? Today. Today. Today's the day of rest. We don't have to wait for six days or whatever. But God gave us an example and I'm a, uh, of rest, of just stopping what you're doing and resting. Now, we all get pretty busy. And I think sometimes that we get so busy... And this is my, even when I'm not busy and when I'm sitting down, do you know that when I sit down in the mornings to pray, now I'm saying this time is dedicated to God. 
This time, and not all of you are even able to sit down in the morning. You got kids in the, in the house, and they're going crazy. <laughs> I don't even know how you would do it. Some of you are so busy, you have so many things going on. And I don't even know how you stop and rest and spend time with God. But somehow God wants us to do that. How do you do that? Because we live in crazy times. And when I sit down to pray in the morning, I start praying. I'm sincere. Lord Jesus, you're my first and my last, my last and my first. You're my alpha and my, my omega, my omega and my alpha. I do it backwards because that's 24 hours a day for me right there. You're my beginning and my ending and my ending and my beginning. And everything in between, Lord Jesus, you're my all in all. You're the king of my heart, the Lord of my life. And now I'm praying that to the Lord. I pray that every day. That I just pray. I pray that and say that to the Lord. And I mean it sincerely in my heart. And I, most of the time, don't even get through that part. And my mind starts going. Boop, 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 boop. Anybody can relate to that? Can you relate to that? You're just thinking of all these things they got to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, oh, oh, yeah, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, okay. I set my heart and my mind on things above, not on things of the earth. I set my heart and my mind on things above where Christ is seated to the right hand of the Father. Whoop, whoop. How many can relate to what I just said? Man, you, you are sincere in your efforts to connect with God. Folks, I will tell you, that's where, I'm going to tell you ahead, that's where rest is, connecting with God. It's knowing you're in his presence and that he is the most important thing in your life, bar none. It's more important than the things you got to get at the grocery store. It's more important than what you got to get, uh, where you got to take the kids that day. It's more important than what appointment you got to go to that day. I'm telling the absolute, ultimate, most important thing in our lives is our relationship with Christ Jesus and our little minds, our brains, and I think sometimes the enemy We'll do everything to distract from that. And so it becomes a discipline. A discipline. It becomes actually an effort. And I'll talk about that in a minute. I, I, I just want you to know it's not uncommon for, to get distracted, especially when you're praying. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. He's talking to the Jews. He said, hey, don't harden your hearts. Believe in Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Believe in him. That he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, willingly laid his life down, and then was raised to life on the third day and still lives today. For if Joshua had given them rest, verse 8, he would have not spoken of another day after that. Look what he says, there remains therefore, verse 9, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. What is a Sabbath rest? It's not a day. It's not a thing. What it is, it's a relationship that you're walking in continually. And there are times, folks, I will tell you, there are times when I get to a point where nothing's, nothing's in my mind. Now, and many of you can believe that, right? So... Uh, there's nothing there except that I'm thinking on the Lord. And I'm so full in his presence. And I honestly wish I could tell you today that happens all the time. It 
doesn't happen as near as much as I want it to. Because I want to know Christ. I want to know his power. I want to know what he wants in my life. I want to hear his voice and follow him every single day. And there remains a Sabbath rest. Now, the Jewish mind understood what that was talking about. A Sabbath rest means you don't do anything. Except for the Jewish mind, they had to work so hard at it, they didn't get any rest. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also retired from his works as God did from his. He's talking about stopping what you're doing, stopping your life. In America, in this day and age, that's really hard to do no matter what age you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter if you're working or you're retired or you're just tired. It's so hard to do because our culture, our society demands all this from us. I've been dealing with this issue. We have golf carts at the school, and the other night we had a huge event, and the golf carts didn't work. And we had a couple situations where I had to be at the other end of the stadium now. I just don't move now. Okay, I just don't. And so I've just figured out what's wrong with the cards. I got to figure out what's wrong with it. And so yesterday morning I'm praying. What's wrong? What's wrong? Finally I said, Lord, I'm not going to think about it anymore. You just show me what's wrong. And I got back to praying and just sought the Lord and just rested in that. Okay, Lord, you got this. You got this. Pretty soon it dawned on me and I went over. And the plugs where the carts are stored doesn't have any power. And the carts are plugged in there to get charged. I wonder if that could have anything to do with it. <laughs> but I honestly believe the Lord showed me. He showed me. And it's like, oh, God, you're so awesome. That happens so often. I give it to God. I rest in the Lord. I trust in him. I surrender to him. And pretty soon I found out, whoa, God showed up. How did that happen? <laughs> He's so much bigger than our thoughts, so much bigger than our ways. Now, here's where it gets kind of, this portion of Scripture gets confusing for me. This is a confusing part. Now, verse 10, for the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his work as God did from his. Watch, verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall through following the example of disobedience. The word diligent, let me put it in Coach Nick's vernacular. The word diligent means get with it. That's literally what that means is don't sit back, don't relax, get with it, be diligent. Wait, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. Wait, wait. We're talking about rest. Now you're saying to me, get with it. Be diligent. Hurry up. That's what that word means. Yeah. It means hurry up, turn, and go where you know the rest is. We need to be diligent. It's that discipline of putting everything else off 
and focusing our heart and our mind completely on Jesus. And that does take discipline, and it does take diligence. But when we do it, when we do that, we know that God blesses that. I'm going to jump down to verse 12, and then Hephzibah, are you going to go take Becky's place? Will you, would you go do that and have her come out? Now, this is where the Scripture is, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there's no creature hidden in his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to him with whom we have to do. And jump down to verse 16. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace in the time of need. <sighs> Guys, that's where our rest is found. That's where our peace is found. I've asked my awesome wife to come. Do you want this chair? Do you care? Huh? I'm older than you. I'll sit in this one. Um, before my wife shares, I'm going to have, we're actually going to close with her testimony, which is really awesome. Um, why did God rest? Why did that happen? I'm going to tell you what I think. I think one thing is he rested. I think that's an example to us. God rested. He's God and he doesn't need to rest, but he rested. That's an example. Let me tell you the other reason I think that that God rested. I think he rested just to sit back, sit down, and look at his creation. A number of times in the first chapter after God created, he said, and it was good. The very last one in that first chapter says it was very good. I think God rested. And as he rested, he just looked and went, look at creation, and was satisfied and took time to enjoy what he had created. I wonder if that's an example for us. I wonder if sometimes we need to quit striving and just rest. And part of resting is saying, wow, God, look what you've done. Wow, God, look what you've done in my life. I'm not the same person. Wow, God, look what you've done in my friend's life. Just sitting back and appreciating what God's done. That's why I think God rested. What is rest? Entering into the full presence of God. And just letting everything go and trusting God. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to think about it. I am just going to release it. It's yours, God. God, you got this. Can you just say that with me? God, you got this. God, you got this. Whatever it is you're facing, God, you've got this. And remember, we want to work hard. Work hard at resting. It's, I love that. It's such a... So it becomes a contest of calling versus task. 
Most of us sitting in this room today are task-oriented. I've got this task, that task, that task, that task. And what God wants, he wants us to walk in our calling. That's what he's calling us to, to walk in his calling and to rest in him. Now, my wife's going to give a, a testimony, and this has been an amazing journey that's not finished yet, but I have marveled at her response. I will tell you, anyone who knows my wife knows that she is a bundle of energy. She goes and goes and goes, does not stop. And, uh, well, I mean, she stops to pray. We pray and read the word together. But... She goes and goes. I mean, she is the preschool director. She uh, teaches in this preschool. She leads the women's Bible study. She leads the women, uh, oh, the retreat. She uh, is all involved everywhere. I don't know everything she does because I can't keep up. She makes me dizzy. She's so busy. But God did something recently because she faced something, and I just, she's always one to look for the solution. I am too, but it was so awesome what I saw God do in you. So share with them the testimony of what's been going on. Well, those of you who don't know me, I'm Becky, and I, I do direct the preschool here. I started it back in 2000, so we're starting our 24th year next week. Amen. And I yes. always love... Thank you, Lord. It is a calling. It's awesome. I don't know when to quit. As you can tell, I don't know when to quit. But um, I always love visitors. But a couple weeks ago, I had some visitors that I really did not enjoy. They came in my office, and they were from the state of Oregon. And they said, we have received a complaint that you are teaching preschool, teaching preschool to two-year-olds without a license. My heart kind of sunk. And I felt attacked. And um, they proceeded to tell me that our program needed to be rec recorded with the state, which I've never been told in 23 years, and that we needed to close our twos program. Our twos program is back here in the Wobbler Room. It just is a great introduction to school. We, and over the 23 years, guys, we have touched thousands of little lives with the gospel. And we love them with God's love, and we teach them about him and his word. And so my heart was just like, no, they can't, they can't stop us, you know. And I felt, and I still do, that it's a spiritual attack. I feel like we're doing something that the enemy doesn't like, and so the forces of darkness are coming at us and saying, uh-uh. So I immediately panicked. <laughs> And immediately, as soon as they left, they were here an hour and a half, and um, there were two of them. And I went to Doug, and I told him, and I was kind of rattled and kind of upset, and he prayed with me, which was good. And then at the end of the day, I went home and told Mike, and he prayed with me. And I don't know about you, but any kind of agencies kind of frighten me. They just have this control, you know, so you just feel like... But from that day, that was like two, week, two and a half weeks ago, God's peace has just covered me. And he's given me wisdom, strength. Um, I've told him, and I'll tell you, it's his preschool anyway. He can answer however he wants to because it's his preschool. 
So we went ahead. There's 10 of us on staff. We immediately got in the background registry they wanted us to, even though we're already background checked. And then we all got fingerprinted. And so we're recorded with the state. So our three to fives program is okay to go ahead and start next week. The twos program is a whole nother deal. And they said, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. And so I've been jumping through hoops the last couple weeks and dealing with the county, the city. I will tell you a miracle. I got city approval in three days. I mean, that's a miracle. It could take weeks. And I had two different departments sent from the city that got back to me in just no time, and they were great. So I have to get the water tested for lead, and I have to go to do a county inspection for sanitation and the fire marshal and all that. And we've done all that. And there's still some hurdles that we have to cross, but God is working, and God is showing up. He's giving wisdom and guidance where I didn't even, I didn't have it, I trust me. But through it all, I really have just given it to him. I get riled up sometimes, but um, I've given it to him, it is his, and I don't know how he's gonna do it, because they have stipulations on who can teach two-year-olds, and they're telling me all these regulations, and I don't know if that's true, you know, I just have to just keep asking the Lord for discernment, but through it all, he's really shown me himself. He's really shown me his power. He's shown me favor with all these different agencies and just helped me. This is not what I normally do in August. Normally, I'm just gearing up for the school year, and this year I took a detour, and I'm doing all these other things. But God's in it, and he's, he's with us. And um, so I would ask you to pray with us just for his will. I just want his will. If he, I've got two people hired for the twos. And they're telling me we can't start until all these things are done. So we don't know when that's going to be. But God knows. And I just want the church to just pray with us and just believe whatever he wants is what we want. Right? So along the lines of that, along the lines of that, we do have a project back here. In between these two little rooms, we want to take the wall down. So if anybody has a desire to knock a wall down, get a hold of me. Um, we're going to try to do that in the next week or two. And um, also I will say there's good news and bad news. We don't have to take the chairs and tables down today, but I do need all the rooms emptied because we're having our carpets clean tomorrow. So if I could get you guys to help me just pull everything out of this, these two rooms and these two rooms, it would be awesome. So we could do that tomorrow. So thank you. If you have any questions about anything, just feel free to call me or talk to me. But just keep praying. God's here. God's in control. God's working. And he's not going to be stopped. His yeah. word will always do what yeah. it's intended to do. It won't return to him void. And God's going to get the glory, and he's going to be victorious. Amen? Amen? So I guess, again, I think the thing I've appreciated more than anything is I know you pretty well. We've known each other for over 49 years, been married for 49 years, but knowing each other longer than that. And I, I know that you love God, I know, but you're task-oriented, and you're very task-oriented. That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing, but I don't know if in this kind of situation, just, I've marveled at how you just 
let the peace of God rule in your heart. I've marveled at how you've rested in the Lord and how you have walked in your calling and done the tasks according to that. So we're going to pray here in just a minute. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, God wants you to rest. How do you enter your rest? Well, you completely trust God with all your heart. You enter into his rest by saying, God, you got this. So what is it you're facing? What is it your, what is it your situation? God's got this. Will you say it with me one more time confidently? God, you've got this. God, you've got this. Let's enter into his rest. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this time. Thank you for these folks. Thank you for this girl right here. I sure love her. Um, I ask you in the name of Jesus to open up every door. I pray that in the name of Jesus that uh, all these rules and regulations and state mandates, they would know what hit them because of you, God. You are able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So we're asking you to go before this situation. Thank you for the teachers, the ministry, and the many kids that are ministered to because of these people proclaiming the gospel of these little ones. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. Thank you for Valley Christian Preschool. Thank you for Valley Christian Church. We are grateful. We rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Said he said